Hello everyone, welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. We are back after taking Easter weekend off. There was Good Friday, there's Holy Saturday, and there's Resurrection Sunday. And so for Holy Saturday, I really took it seriously. I took a Sabbath. I rested from all work, and that includes posting a podcast, editing a podcast, anything that has to do with that. So hope you enjoyed your um, holiday weekend last weekend. I know I certainly did really feel connected spiritually. Uh, So that is why we are back now after taking a week off. And I'm really excited to share with you about two things before we jump into the episode today. Uh, One is there's, uh, well, they're both events, uh, but they're two different types of events that I would love to invite you to. Uh, One is uh, more of a basically just more people are invited, bigger sort of event, event sort of thing. I, I classify things in like events and gatherings, I guess. So the first one is an event. It's a little bit farther down the road. It's June 11th. It's a Sunday night. It will be at Booze Brothers Brewery right here in Vista, California. Would love to have you come and hang out. So uh, that is going to be from 6 to 8 p.m. And uh, the actual speaking event part is going to be from 6.30 to 7.30. My friend Jason Page, he has a organization called The Most Unlikely. And then I have uh, some things going on around here. Uh, and so we are excited to team up and do an event called The Lemonade Sessions. And it's basically how bitter things are made sweet. Come hang out at that. June 11th is the date for that. In addition, if you are somebody who does not have a faith community, you don't have a church family, or maybe you do, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, you would like to get uh, some other sort of community uh, involved in your life, uh, we are going to be kicking back off uh, in the, a, a gathering that my friend did for a little bit of time but took a hiatus, uh, and it is called The Open Table. So that will be in Vista as well at a home there in Vista. And so if you would like to, you can go to Open Table SD on Facebook, and there is an event there. You can RSVP, say that you're going, and you will receive a address in your inbox. Uh, so really excited about that. If you're excited just about really what this podcast is about, just embracing mystery and doubt and just understanding that life is more grand and Christianity is more large than the you know little uh, you know, toilet paper roll that we like to look through. Uh, I say that because, once again, I'm in my office that duels as my bedroom and uh, looking into my bathroom now. So if you are somebody who wants to see life through a much greater lens than that, this is a gathering for you. This will be an every other Sunday event. Uh, You can say it is like uh, church. Why? Because it's community. We're going to talk. We're going to have food. It's going to be a great time. And uh, that is the prerequisites for church, right? That we're together and we experience God. Bottom line. So excited for the open table to kick off. Uh, So today, I'm going to be sharing with you some more, some thoughts, some convictions, uh, some things that I have uh, for myself to really try to make a priority in my life, and maybe it'll help with you too. We do have some interviews coming on here in the future, but I decided, you know, we should really throw on uh, some just monologue talks in addition to it as well. I think it would really help, um, you know, space things out a little bit, keep things interesting. Uh, Nobody likes too much monotony. You know what I'm saying? So enjoy this episode of speaking about our freedom. Hope everybody enjoyed their Easter weekend this last week. I know I did. You know, some friends of mine, we all went to a uh, a church service, a Good Friday service. And let me tell you, 
I never experienced something like that uh, before. It's actually, it was really refreshing. It was actually something that uh, I, in a weird way, have been looking for. I mean, certainly would like it in a more modern, you know, uh, a more more modern take of it for sure. But we decided to check out um, my friend's. Uh, CJ and Jandy, uh, they're amazing friends of mine. They're the people that will be uh, doing the open table uh, with me together uh, with us, um, Lindsay, my wife, and I, and them will be doing the open table. Excited for that, as we heard about in the beginning. But we went to this Methodist church, and there was a female pastor there, and you know, so that initially was you know our friend Jandy. She was like, well, let's let's go check it out. I mean, they have to be somewhat of a quote, progressive church if they have a woman pastor and they're all about social justice and whatnot. So we go to this Methodist church and let me tell you, I've not been to a Methodist church since I was a kid. My grandparents were Methodist growing up. And so that's the tradition that uh, of Christianity that my dad grew up in. And I remember going to Methodist churches whenever I was a kid, but I mean, I don't really remember them. You know what I'm saying? Those early uh, experiences of going to church, you know, you just kind of remember drawing, you know, in the hymnals and, you know, getting in trouble from your, you know, grandpa and things of that nature. Uh, we go to this Methodist church and it's probably been the first time I've been to one, like a traditional church like this in years. And dude, it was so crazy. We were pulling in and I was seeing the people walk in and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I realized what it feels like to really feel like an outsider. I mean, it felt risky parking the car. And I knew that, you know, everything would be fine. People would be fine. They would treat me fine. But it was like, it was, it was weird. Like I'm not usually self-conscious about stuff, but I'm like, you know, I got long hair and tattoos and, you know, I was like, oh man, I brought a flannel. Good. So, you know, at least I have a collar on, you know, and I'm just like, I just really felt like a fish out of water there. And and so we parked the car and my friends jump out of their car. They're looking at me like, so do you want to go in? And I'm like, yeah, man, whatever. Let's go in. And so my friend CJ, you know, he's so funny. He's like, he's a nine on the Enneagram, mind you. And he's just like super chill about everything. He's like, let's go make some memories, you know? So we go into this Methodist church and it is a pretty liturgical church and just, you know, just honestly, though, like I was really, really pressing to get into it, but it was very dry. It was very, very unenthusiastic. But there were two things about this that really, really deeply moved me. And even in the midst of just people seeming to just kind of be going through the motions, there was this one gentleman, and mind you, it was Good Friday. He gets up to read the portion of scripture where Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he begins to read this part of scripture and and this older gentleman begins to just tremble at the reading of this scripture. And I was maybe just too emotional or I don't know, but it was just so moving to have the reality of Jesus of Nazareth nailed on that cross that brought this man to a trembling voice that appeared to be such a strong man that just reminded me of just the strength and just the amazing reality 
of this death on the cross. And we have so much theological baggage and garbage around it. And we have so much opinion and division. But this moment in time where we just strictly just open the Bible to read, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And just the reality that we have all been there, haven't we? Each and every one of us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as he gives up his spirit and this man begins to tremble and it was this, this moment of just immense just emotion of a reality of that you were there at the foot of the cross witnessing this yourself. And the event goes on and the gathering moves forward and more candles are put out and different rituals are happening. And then at the very last, the choir gets up to sing this last song, this last chorus. And I can't even remember the hymn. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with hymnals. I, I've grown up in, in uh, you know, uh, a movement that was birthed out of the Jesus movement. So <laughs> more like an acoustic guitar and like, you know, three lyrics literally is what I've grown up with. And But this choir sang this hymn with such utter passion and it just was all just about the death of Christ. And at the end of at the end of it there was there were, there was this gentleman who was dressed up in his garment and he rang the bell. He had this big bell and he was off to the side and it was just dong. And then he would he he <laughs> there's my kids as well. I'm I'm dueling babysitting. And he hits the bell and he slowly but surely crescendos out just going down to nothing and we left in silence and that was so I mean I did not expect it the first half of that service I was just kind of bored people were looking at me and I didn't really just feel like people were looking at me legitimately people were looking at me like you know I was the my wife and I were the only people in our 20s there mind you and we are certainly the only people that look like we have a little bit of an edge to us and it was just definitely, you know, we were sitting in the back row and people are like, who invited these people? You know, we're like, oh, we found you on the internet, you know. But I say all of that to say that even though I felt, you know, kind of awkward there, I left with such an awareness of the presence of God and actually a despair. Like I really felt like I just experienced a man be crucified and as is dead. And I had never experienced that on a Good Friday. My my line of tradition has never really celebrated Good Friday. And I was moved, deeply moved. But more than anything was just the freedom from that gentleman that read that scripture. You could tell he was a reserved guy. I mean, no judgment here. But I mean, he was probably an accountant or something. I mean... But in that moment of immense reality, that man had a freedom upon him that I hadn't, it, it was envious, the freedom that this guy had. And so I've just been thinking actually over the past months of myself moving out here to San Diego, just about just the idea of freedom. And, you know, I don't really feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm fully there yet. I really don't feel like I'm fully there to be free to truly express what I think, how I feel, my opinions, my thoughts without backlash, what I can post on social media. I mean, I'm really still shedding a lot of this stuff. And it's amazing to me 
just how it just creeps in. Now, you have to know that I'm a pastor's kid <laughs> and not only just the pastor's kid of just like the corner church, a pastor's kid of a, a large church. So I've been under the public eye my whole life. I mean, I've done things in public that I have heard about later that somebody who knows me through some people ended up telling on me about. I mean, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you name it. I could never go anywhere with my dad without people knowing us. And because of that, there's been a a reserved sense about me that I've developed over the years. And, you know, I've not truly been able to feel completely free. And even as I've jumped more into theological things over the past six, seven years. Even in that, a lot of my theological leanings, uh, even at one time very conservative, I considered myself a reformed Calvinist for a little while. And some of you right now are probably like, oh my gosh, are you serious? You know, yes, I don't hold those positions anymore, but I did. And I did with great fervor, mind you. And even with that, I just, I, I never felt full freedom in in every place, but especially now where I'm in a place of, you know, at least in that, you know, I I had a very, you know, and I still do, but you know, my, my view of the Bible, my view of God, at least it was, it was more conservative. So if I was a little bit overt with it, people just kind of saw me as more of a zealous person, you know, for, for the Bible, but, and for God, but where I'm at now with, you know, I don't hold the inerrancy, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out really what the significance of the cross truly is. I don't consider myself an evangelical. Uh, you know, I'm still figuring out like how much of, you know, just the human psychological process, how much does that have to do with spiritual experiences? I mean, I'm in a major different spot. You know, is, you know, is it more of a Christ consciousness sort of thing that just everywhere that has this mind of Christ, you know, is Christ, you know, I, I, I'm in a place that would make a lot of people who are, you know, firm in their faith, very, you know, just evangelical, you know, people would make them feel very uncomfortable to explore some of these things. And so in this place now, I'm way more reserved um, to be able to come open and clean, although I'm posting this on a podcast for hundreds of people to hear. The thing is, is that more so than ever, I've really been craving this idea of presence and just absolute authenticity just you know certainly being respectful and being courteous i'm not talking about being a jerk but just really being free you know really not being bonded to the opinions and thoughts of people or my my uh, you know i keep using the word tradition but tradition that i come from and really you know having a position of just openness and freedom and, and the freedom that i believe through my conviction of reading the Bible, what Jesus talks about, you know, I mean, I, I, I agree, you know, with Rob Bell and saying that Jesus would be absolutely mortified that we created a religion around him. You know, I don't believe he came to begin religion. And I think he was really talking about a freedom for humanity that is set apart from religion and that is set apart from dogma. And, and I think it's interesting, you know, how we cling to those things naturally as humans. Uh, And so what I just wanted to just encourage some of you with today is this idea of freedom and what I believe that Jesus has to say about it. And and I'm not going to get into a lot of biblical text, although I I feel like I'm refraining myself to, I feel like I I easily could. I, I love the Bible. I still do. Even though I don't see it as an era, it is highly, highly, um, 
you know, um, impactful for our lives and useful. And not to make too many Rob Bell plugs here, but I'm really excited for the What is the Bible book that is going to be dropping next month. I've pre-ordered that. I encourage you to do the same. Show that man some support. I believe he is the the forerunner for a new reformation for the digital age. Um, more on that in another episode. But uh, I really, really think uh, that we could pull a lot from Jesus and make a really good case for that Jesus thing uh, is all about freedom and this freedom from this at his time government freedom from the religious bondage where they're all together working their evil schemes against against the poor the least the last the lost i really believe liberation and freedom is what jesus talked about and not freedom to a new you know religion but freedom to be who we are that we are enough as who we are and that when we work on ourselves we're not working to necessarily be somebody we're not but to enhance the person that we already are that is what freedom is enhancing where the mind goes and its curiosity and affirming god is there affirming what we do in our best moments and our worst moments in the know God is there. Know that grace is a real thing and it's not something that is to be used as a device against us, but is something to be encouraging, encouraging for us. That God is for us in ourselves, who we are, who he's crafted us to be. And though I can use many scripture, I just want to bring two things out. And one is that Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light that his yoke is easy and his burden is light and i don't know about you but there's a lot of burden whenever you're having to live up to the standards of yourself of people of traditions around you that's not a light burden to carry and i just want to encourage you encourage you as i've just been exploring that it's okay to express these things and to be able to go places because if Jesus truly is the giver of this light burden, or matter of fact, he is the one that takes it from us, that this despair that we have when we don't fit in, when we don't say the right things, we're able to be free from those things. And what I really want to hammer in is this this amazing teaching that Jesus has that you don't need a teacher you have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talks about us having the Holy Spirit as our teacher, that let no man be the teacher, but let the Holy Spirit be the teacher. And the problem with that is there's a few things that raise um, to the surface whenever we do that. Because here's the problem. Whenever we are in those areas, the problem is people get upset with that. See, the thing is, people get upset about freedom. Maybe people have been upset about your freedom. Maybe you've began to speak out about things or embrace doubt or these, uh, you know, uh, unique theological stances that you may have ditched in, you know, um, adopted into who you are. And people get frustrated with that because here's the thing. It's because either A, they don't have the freedom that you have and that really frustrates them because they're actually really envious of it. Or maybe B, they, that you don't fall in line to how they would like to control you. And that's a really real thing. 
See, we don't like when people are free. Let's take uh, something very serious like American slavery. We didn't want African Americans or blacks to be free. Why? Because we couldn't control them for our gain. We didn't want them to be free. Why? Because they might begin to express their culture and we want them to be ours. We don't want them to be free because you know what? They will experience freedom like their slave owners would never experience because the, the slave owners don't even know what it's like to be in bondage. And so the thing is, when we experience that sort of freedom in our life, we know what it's like to be in bondage. The people who are actually the ones instating the rules over us are actually the ones who are the most frustrated because they will never experience freedom like the slave has. When you have been enslaved by dogma and doctrine and leadership that is ultimately um, unhealthy in the way that it absolutely micromanages and controls your thoughts, your life, what is right and wrong, when you get that freedom, they're upset because they can't have that freedom that you have and they cannot control you any longer because you, my friend, are free. And the thing is, when you have that sort of freedom, when you don't have to answer to anyone, it has been over a year since I've not been on a church staff, and I'm telling you, I'm still breaking through things that I wasn't able to do on staff. Now, I realize, you know, I had a pastor friend sit down with me, and he said, Luke, listen, when you have more responsibility, you give up, uh, you know, more of your, your freedom. You do. that, But... I would actually, I might push back on that and say, you know, I think that might be part of the problem. I think the thing is, we're scared of that freedom because it brings major uncertainty to ourself and it brings uncertainty to any sort of structure that might be around us. And because we live in the West and we love structure, we love authority, I believe that the reason that we think we have to give up our freedom for the greater responsibility is because ultimately we're nervous about what other people might think, which would then dictate the way we live. But if we truly live in such a way, certainly that is respectful. I'm not saying to be a jerk to people. Paul says, don't flaunt your freedom. Like I said, there's so much biblical reference for this, but the apostle Paul, he's a guy in the scriptures. He says, don't flaunt your freedom in front of other people because maybe they might not feel that sort of freedom. So don't flaunt your freedom because you have it, but also don't be envious or covetous of other people's freedom. It's very basic. It's very biblical. But the problem is our authoritarian hierarchical, probably said that wrong, hierarchy, hierarchy structure doesn't like that freedom. And here's the thing, and it's it's sometimes considered you know bad to have this freedom. It's some kind sometimes considered like oh if you don't have anybody to answer to you're just gonna go awol. Well, here's the thing. Jesus says we have the Holy Spirit within us. That the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, is alive and well within us, and so certainly we need each other as you know co-laborers in life. We need each other for community. But ultimately, we need to embrace and, and, and give honor and respect to each other's freedom, not, trying to, not try to diminish their freedom so that we can somehow guide them with our own motives and desires for them. Because the thing is, 
church has really fallen into this because we want people to do what we want them to do. So we've told people, you can't just run free. You can't just have the Holy Spirit as your guide. You can't do that because you're going to sin really bad. You're going to mess up. You're going to do this stuff as if that's like the worst thing that could happen to you. The worst thing that could happen to you is that you would be a slave to someone else's idea and mindset for your life that God has given you. That's real shame. That's real loss. When you don't feel like you can be who the divine has created you to be because someone has told you you can't do that because freedom isn't there when in fact it is, I'm telling you. I've been in this process of being more free. I'm telling you, I was a youth pastor, so I was even nervous if I could post beer pictures because I didn't want to inspire youth to, you know, um, drink beer or whatever underage. It's ridiculous. I did it every once in a while, but I was always curious about it. How does this go with the code of Christianity? It's BS. Because the fact is, beer is delicious and good. And the fact is, you know, when you're of age, try it. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. I promise you. Don't do it when you're 14, but I should be able to have freedom based on my age, my conviction and everything to be able to do as I please, because it's all still under uh, the authority of God, which is the ultimate authority. And so it's liberating when the front is gone and you don't feel naked. When this front, when this sort of protection that you have for whatever reason it might be, whenever it's gone and you don't feel naked anymore. You know, I've always wondered what it would be like to live in like, you know, like a a nude community or whatever. Like, I always feel like that'd be so weird. Like, there's no way I could walk around with my junk out. Sorry for those of you young listeners. I just feel like that would be so weird to just walk around, you know, like that. But like those people experience a freedom that I will never experience. And there was probably a time in their life Whenever they were able to be nude and realize, I don't feel shame for being nude anymore. And it's similar to the feeling that I am slowly but surely getting. Hey, I'm able to say these things. I'm able to embrace this this sort of doubt that I have and the ability to say, I don't know. I'm able to do all of these things. And, you know, I'm not really feeling shameful anymore for not wearing some of the clothes that I felt like I needed to wear. And so I just really want to encourage you, if you're in any place of that, you know, it's taken a while and it's going to continue to take a while. But, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, whenever you feel the pressure to report back or to take or to believe a certain way that's acceptable to your tribe or to the people that you're around. And, you know, it, even in church planting, you know, like I came out here to start a church and there's people that are saying like, dude, I thought you like moved out there to start a church. You know, start your organization up. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I I posted something on Instagram earlier today. And it was just something along the lines of just saying like, hey, look, I know I post a lot of pictures of my Harley. And I know I post a lot of pictures of the beach. And I know I post a lot about, you know, what we're doing and just stuff that's going on in life. And it's like, you know, because I am not going to use other people I'm not going to use my friends that have real faces and names and stories and struggles and triumphs as social media content so that you, random person or person that isn't involved in this day-to-day living, can approve of me. That's not freedom for me. 
That's me having to live to a place that you want to. So you can say, oh, I know this loot guy that's doing this one thing really good. And that would be me exploiting my friends. That would be me exploiting people so that I can create something with a brand on it to say, look at me, look what I'm doing, basically raising the dead or whatever people want from you as a church planter to put on there so you can look like some superhuman or some business owner over people's real lives for validation for what? For me to be in bondage and yoke to your opinion? No. Look, I'm a human being. I live normal life. I live in San Diego, so I do go to the beach. I enjoy motorcycles, and I'm not trying to to, to really, you know... It, it, showcase my life or anything like that. However, I am just trying to show what it looks like to be human. That's what we're after, right? We want to be human. We want to be fully alive. And so, yes, I, I'm, I'm working to start something, but that doesn't always look like, you know, always posting on social media about all of these great achievements, achievements that I've done as if people are achievements. That wouldn't be freedom. So freedom for me looks like just really embracing the humanity of myself and not having to live in that thing that I've had to live in since I was a kid that people are watching and they're expecting results out of me. Jesus has already done it all. So I get to rest in the fact that I don't have to work or prove anything. And that is true grace. That is really enough. And so in that post was just saying, look, showing what it means to be human this is what my human life looks like. Absolutely. I'm trying to do things. Absolutely. I'm trying to start things, but I don't think I can exploit people for my own justification and for um, other people to validate me. So I don't know what that thing is for you. I don't know what you need to do. I don't know what you need to post. I don't know what you need to uh, do with maybe your tone of voice when you're with that person. It's an obvious maybe thing that isn't real or whatever. I don't know what needs to happen, but I want to say to you today that the yoke is easy and the burden is light and you are free to be who the divine created you to be. So live in the freedom that has been given to you and follow that Holy Spirit that is in you because that is your teacher. So with that, I will leave you with that sense of hope that actually you can live in the reality of the rawness of who you truly are. So may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you grace and peace.